What's happening, world? Welcome everyone everywhere at Soldier to Veteran with myself, Jules Julian. Uh, I'm a veteran. I was a soldier for eight years in the British Army. Um, done two tours of Afghanistan. Became a, a veteran about five years ago. This journey has been up and down, smiles and frowns. And I think I speak for a lot of soldiers and veterans when I say that. The reason why I'm doing this is because I want to help shed light onto the psychology and the mentality for soldiers and veterans for them to understand it a bit more and explain also give them a place where we can share um, experiences and interact so if you are watching guys and girls you know give us a thumbs up give us a like put a comment below let me know where you're from let me know how you heard about us and also tag a friend as well invite them to the party um quick recap guys and girls. actually no before i even do the recap right i just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who is supporting the GoFundMe campaign right now. I launched a GoFundMe campaign about two weeks ago to help support my 10 Pillars of Fulfillment book that I put together to help mental health, basically, to help everyone with increase their levels of happiness and fulfillment in life. That came from a personal thing. 2018, I went into depression and had um, anxiety and my PTSD kicked in as well as a result and had to get out of it. And so my 10 Pillars of Fulfillment is the thing I used to get out of it. And if you Get a chance, guys and girls, click the link to that GoFundMe campaign. Watch the video. It explains the whole thing. And yeah, back it. Please support it. I'll be so grateful. Let's get back to Soldier to Veteran. A quick recap to last week. So what did we talk about last week? We talked about Hero exposure and superiority if you haven't done so already guys and girls watch the video from last week covering a lot of the psychology behind being a soldier and being a veteran and what those three things embody it's really interesting i've got a lot of feedback from that you'll be very surprised at how many people are thinking the same as you right now like i get messages all the time and what i've done this week is i've actually asked a question to the people that message me privately the question i asked is what was the best parts about being at war in Afghanistan and the worst parts? You know what? <laughs> We're all different. We've all got different perspectives. We all obviously done what we did for one reason or another. And I'm going to share with you tonight replies that I've had. It's incredible because I get it. I thought the same way, as similar ways, I think. You know what? We all kind of think the same way. Probably that's how we were. That's how they probably, you know, made us think. I'll go into another video about that. That's on the next Soldier to Veteran. I'll talk about how we all thought the same, how they manufactured us to think the same. However, on this one, I'm going to share with you some of the responses. So I asked that question and one of the responses I got was, for me, at the time, I thought it was for a good cause. I did it for me because I wanted to be part of it. It also felt right to try and bring some justice to terrorism. Really, it wasn't our fight. Very political. The best part was the routine, the interaction with the locals and the ANA. That's the Afghan National Army. It was a different world. I loved the fighting patrols and the contacts we had. It made joining the infantry all worth it. The worst part was the loss of limb, life and ground. It seemed like all the bloodshed was for nothing once we left. I had a fucking awesome time and have no regrets yeah let's just analyze that a little bit so from the start for me at the time i thought it was for a good cause yeah genuinely did when the planes went into the twin towers i mean who else got rallied up who else believed that we're under threat here who else wanted to go and act on the war on terror that's what he said you know it felt right to try and bring some justice to terrorism you know it, it's a thing and don't get me wrong there are terrorists out there bullies out there that take advantage of vulnerable people out there they're not as established as we are like he said it, it's a whole different world and working alongside the ana the afghan national army they they were great guys they really were they were crazy actually some of them were absolutely mental and I, you know to be fair i don't blame them they probably never 
seen outside of Afghanistan and therefore probably seen it on the internet, but don't really know what it is in Western world. And they're, they're crazy. He said, I love the fighting patrols and the contacts we have. It made joining the infantry all worth it. You know what? I, I get that. I, I get that wholeheartedly understand that big ships aren't meant to sit in the harbor. It's what you're made for. It's what you're built for. I mean, why would you get trained up on all the different weapon systems and the tactics and the warfare? Why would you know everything you know? Why would you become that elite and then not put it to use? Big ships aren't meant to sit in the harbor. And I think that's what you meant when you messaged me that. The worst part, loss of limb, life and ground. It seemed like all the bloodshed was for nothing once we were done and left. Uh, yeah, being a mature adult, I think I get what you mean. It's like, did it change anything? Did it really change anything? Us being there, the whole campaign, it was years. It's a very, very difficult one to answer. I don't have all the answers. I'm just literally sharing what you said there. And I, I kind of agree as well. Sometimes I do look back, I've, I've sat there and thought about it for a long time thinking, oh my God, why did, why did all that happen? Shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know? And that there, dwelling too long, that can spark, you know, the PTSD, it can spark all the negativity. So just a little bit of word of advice to all my soldiers and veterans out there and family members of soldiers and veterans and anybody out there. I mean, ask the questions, try and draw it out of them gradually, help them process it, but too much at once and, you know, it's going to fall under. So just be careful on that. So yeah, that was, uh, that was the feedback from one of the guys. Another one. So I asked the question and he said, yo, for me, the best part was just experiencing some rare shit. And you only have one responsibility in Afghan to soldier. It's less stressful there than here, even though you're risking your life every day. But here, the responsibilities get on top. Worst part was it was all for nothing. Well, so I'm going to just decipher it a little bit, digest it a little bit. For the best part was experiencing some rare shit. It's true. I explained this in the last Soldier to Veteran. It definitely is a rare experience. I'm not quite sure what it is about war. It sparks something in you, yeah? Like adrenaline rushes and, and it's so much, it embodies so much, right? That obviously it's hard to explain in one sentence, but the rare shit, he's right. Like, for example, I obviously know marijuana exists, but I've never seen fields of it. There's a film with Leonardo DiCaprio in it called The Beach. You know, they stumble across a marijuana field. Same principle. We went out on patrol. One of the shocks is the marijuana fields. You think, flipping hell, that's a lot of weed. I'd never seen it before. And it, it is a rare sight to see, you know, fields of the stuff. Now, I'm, I've never been to countries that have that. And if you have been exposed to that, you'll know what I mean. And that's just a rare thing to see. Obviously, there's other things as well that you're not really exposed to in normal life. And that's the gruesome side of war, friends being shot, blown up and dying. And, you know, I'm not trying to decorate it like it was all happy and all of that, but I'm just trying to keep this lighthearted. I don't want to, you know, start dwelling too much. Like I said before, I don't want to overthink it because, you know, it's when you overthink it that you go under. It's just little drips and drabs, process it gradually, and then we can move on. Continuing on that, what did he say? You, you only have one responsibility, and that is to soldier. It's less stressful there than here. So true. I said this before in an interview I had once. Um, I said, I found peace at war. It made the guy interviewing me, he questioned, he was like, what? I said, no, I'm serious, mate. I found peace at war. If you've ever been to the desert at nighttime, because there's no artificial light, the night sky is lit with stars and the moon and you see a lot of shooting. It's just peaceful. I, I, could, I just stared at the stars one night. It's so nice. 
if anyone is watching and you've been there and you've seen this comment, let me know. You witnessed that as well. And sometimes even in the daytime, you know, you're on a patrol, you're always ready to react, but sometimes you don't really get into a firefight. And then obviously over a few days, you might start itching that you want something to do. But sometimes there's moments when you just think, if this wasn't such a hostile environment, this could actually be a paradise. Plus me personally, just saying that, I think going back to what he was saying, the responsibilities of life don't exist over there. You don't worry about bills. You don't worry about taking your car to the mechanics. You don't overthink life too much. Simplicity is a nice word to describe what it's like at war um, in Afghanistan. Simplicity. And it was for a long time, six to seven months. You, you know what it's like. So yeah, I, I get what you meant there. And then the worst part of it all was it was all for nothing. Again, second person to say that. And I, I do totally agree. I look back on it now as a part in life where I just think, what did we do all that for? However, at the time, you know, it meant something to us at the time. So next person. For me, the worst part of going was going straight from basic training. I learned the very basics in training and it didn't prepare me for tour. I was flipping burgers in McDonald's and seven months later, I was on the front line. Turning up to Afghan as a new guy was shit. As I got all the shit jobs and was made to carry all the ladders, the heaviest ECM, I felt on my own there, not having anyone to turn to. The good thing about it was I gained respect from the senior lads quick, fighting by their side and it made life so easy getting back to battalion right so um was there any pro yeah of course there was a pros pros at the end there uh he gained the respect from the senior lads funny i met this kid when he first turned up and this was on my second tour so i said hi you know how you doing as a pti i actually asked him uh what's your mile and a half runtime and uh <laughs> we had a we had a moment we had a moment he was really geared up like he wanted to prove himself and I was just like well calm down do you know what, I mean? what you want to go good moment I'm, I'm still like really good mates with him now what else did he say in there um the worst part of going was straight from basic training yes so it is a shock to the system you know in basic training targets don't shoot back and when you go straight from basic training I suppose you haven't had a chance to find your footing as a soldier, you haven't got much um, days under your belt of learning constant muscle memory. You're just doing it over and over, like repetition breeds perfection. And if you go straight from basic training, that's only seven months and you've had to cram everything in those seven months. So I guess joining straight from basic training must have been hard, must have been tough. And you was only young as well. Mad. So yeah, uh, going back to that, I was flipping burgers in McDonald's and seven months later, I was on the front line. Now that is a, a big shock, massively. You, How'd you do that? At the time, obviously, it's what you wanted to do, I guess. And yeah, getting all the shit jobs made to carry the ladders because, yeah, you had to carry ladders out there. People think you're just out there, weapon system and bullets and body armor. You need tools, whatever your job was. And if, unfortunately, being the new lad, you're a ladder man. So he just carry a ladder. And when we go to compounds, you know, you put the ladder on the side wall and you'd send someone up there to get a good look. Don't stay up there too long. No, obviously, sniper threat. You're up. If you look, you're down and scanning arcs and stuff. And then... The ECM is uh, is an electronic countermeasure. Basically, uh, in Afghanistan, with the IED threat, the improvised explosive device, Jesus, I'm getting like skill fade. The IED threat 
there's different types of IEDs. There's pressure plate, and there's timed, and then there's, uh, I don't know how else to explain it, but radio frequency signals. So basically you can have a bomb and on the bomb, you can have like a mobile phone device or some sort of device that gets a radio signal. And then you could have the trigger, which could be a mobile phone about 200 meters away. You could press a button on the phone. It sends a signal to the bomb, and boom, it blows up. So if you're on patrol, you could place a bomb by the roadside or dug into the ground and your enemy could be watching you and then send a signal to the bomb and boom, blow up half the patrol. So ECM was our electronic countermeasure. What that done was it created a bubble over us as a patrol. There was one at the front, one in the middle and one at the back and that blocked the signal. So if there was a bomb near us that was, you know, that way uh, built to explode, it would, it would send the signal back to the phone. So yeah, that right there. And it was heavy. That's the point he's making. ECM was very heavy. It was like all your body armor, all your weapon systems, all of your ammo. And then here is some ECM. Chuck that on. And I remember my first tour, I was ECM as well. I was an LMG gunner, had all my link and the LMG and ECM red or blue or something. But you know what? It's it's part of it. I'm going in on that. I could talk about that for a while. But let's get back to the point. So um, next one, best part being there and doing what we trained hard to do, building up unbreakable bonds with people that in the real world, you wouldn't necessarily be around. The worst parts, adjusting to coming home to no conflict, struggling to engage in normal conversation with civvies, not knowing how to explain things and the desensitization we go through automatically without knowing and the affecting real world problems, seeing the things you saw. Okay, so let's just go back and just digest this. The best parts, the band of brothers, ultimately, you can't buy brotherhood. I made a video about this in the past. It just comes through hardship, through those moments when you know that you would die trying to save me. For example, when a friend of mine got blown up, it didn't even occur to me that my life was in danger trying to save his. It just doesn't. You just go into this autopilot mode and, and you just get the job done. You make sure he's patched up. He's on the stretcher, he's on the chopper, and he's away. You don't even consider your own safety. I know it sounds nuts. I'll tell you another time, I remember when Northern Robbo, right? We are patrolling. I'm his cover man. He's a, uh, I forget what they call it. It's like a, it's like a metal detector device. God, what do they call those? Uh, a Valum. I think it's called a Valum. So you've got him checking the path is clear in the road. And then I'm his cover man. And then we get opened up on and the rounds land in front of us on the floor. So me and him jump into the nearest ditch. This isn't done, by the way. When You don't jump into the ditch because we were taught not to jump in the ditches because what the enemy do is they shoot to try and scare you. So you jump into the ditch where the bomb is. But in the moment, it's just a natural thing to do. When rounds start landing by your feet, you jump, you just do. It's the risk you take. Those moments are what create the brotherhood. You know, everyone will have those moments. And that's what I think he's saying. Some of the best parts were like unbreakable bonds. You wouldn't get that necessarily in the real world. It's true. Then the worst parts, adjusting to coming home, struggle to engage in normal conversation with civvies, not knowing how to explain things. I explained this in a previous video about when you are with someone and something funny happens, like you had a real funny moment. The joke was insanely funny and you roared with laughter. And then you try and explain the same joke to someone that wasn't there. And uh, you just don't have the, you can't explain the joke they just won't get it they won't they don't find it as funny it's like you had to be there and i think that's what you meant when you said that the desensitization we go through automatically without knowing affecting real world problems yeah i'd say this a lot um about the desensitization of soldiers and veterans we make light-hearted jokes about real messed up things 
to cope. Some of the jokes that some of the soldiers and veterans will have, it's sick. Like it, it genuinely is sick, but it's part of the desensitization. Some people aren't going to like this, but I will say it as it is. A litter of kittens found in the camp. Although that one or two cats keep the mice away, unfortunately, a whole bunch of them is a problem. Um, they do carry fleas and stuff and, and they had to go. Now, there's only one way they go and that's elimination. Now, to some civilians, that sounds raw. They don't like to hear that, but that's a reality of that moment there. I wouldn't say make sick jokes about killing kittens, but ultimately they had to go. There's no two ways about that. And that's just kittens. It's not okay to kill kittens when you expect us to go and kill the enemy. Don't overthink it too much, but we are expected to do a job. We are expected to do it very well, very efficiently, but we must be resilient mentally. And you're right, that desensitization is a must. It is a must and it happens. It's a process that we go through, through training and then through the realities. You know, it has to happen. That was a pretty crude example, but hopefully it got the message there. You can't expect us to do a job like that and not have some kind of um, desensitization to emotion and feeling. You must switch off. I remember I had ex-girlfriends tell me before that when you get into an argument with anybody, you go into this mode where you just completely go blank. You know, I don't know if other soldiers are like that, but I call it stoic. You go into a stoicism mind yeah the desensitization is a real thing so when we come back to normal life people expect and need a human reaction and a human response you know that I'm not saying that soldiers are inhuman i'm just saying it. you've got to understand but ultimately that is that okay i had one more as well here we go so i asked the question again and here's the response the best part for me was the weight of normal life being taken off my shoulders i said my goodbyes before i left and when we was out there i didn't worry about paying bills or having to find something to do every day it was living at its purest form every day is just survival worst parts the green zone the green zone is one sweaty son of a bitch for me as well it was the first time meeting the company so i had to prove myself to them it meant every stag duty patrol it was a graft to gain their trust right this guy had obviously just come out of training as well let's talk about what he just said there okay so the best part was the weight of normal life being taken off his shoulders back to what another one said like it's so true when you're out there you don't think about electricity bill you don't think about oh, my MOT's due. You don't think about getting to work on time. You don't think about, really, you don't even think about putting food in the table. You know, everything's sort of in place. You just, like you said, the very purest form of survival. You're just existing. You're just not really having to worry about it. And it is a huge weight relief. Like we live in a very pressured time. There's so much going on, so much distraction. It's so busy. You go somewhere like that, the weight's lifted. Probably why the people out there, like the locals are probably so happy. The green zone is one city, sweaty son of a bitch. Yeah, it was the green zone. And then for me as well, the first time meeting the company, so I had to prove myself. So yeah, you just come straight out of training and joining your company, yeah, and joining your platoon and your section. Yeah, you do have to kind of prove yourself. So yeah, it meant doing the stag duties, patrolling, cleaning jobs and all that awesome stuff. Guys and girls, I really thank you um, very much for everything you do for this Jules Julian world. And this is the soldier to veteran side of things. Next week, I already said, I'm going to talk about desensitization. Thank you to all of the listeners that tune in and, you know, are there to, you know, answer those questions. I really, really appreciate it. If you do feel like you want to comment, please do drop a comment. Let me know how you're feeling, how you're thinking. If you want to message me privately, feel free. That's all good. That's what it's here for. Like I always say, bit by bit process, process, process what's going on in here. Okay. And help me help you go on the GoFundMe link, click it, donate the money to get yourself 
one of the 10 pillars of fulfillment books. This thing, I promise you, is going to help you so much through life. I think that's all I've got time for you tonight, guys and girls. I really appreciate you tuning in. So I'll wrap it up. Everybody everywhere, have a great week ahead. Jules Julian, peace and love.